Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much for all of the shares and all the downloads that you guys have had in the last few weeks. It's gone a little bit crazy, as I keep saying, since the, the trip to Thailand, meeting, meeting the likes of Sinead, Siobhan uh, and Becca. Very lucky to have those guys on. Uh, and it's gone a little bit crazy with the amount of guests on and stuff like that. Uh, this week is awesome. This week I have Vicky Cornick on. So I work with Vicky in the gym in Stillorgan. I've known Vicky for about 18 months now. Uh, Vicky is one of the PTs. Uh, Vicky is one probably one of the busiest PTs. Uh, Vicky is one of those people that's always trying to improve herself with the knowledge. She's very knowledgeable. Uh, and then she used to play tennis at a very, very decent level over in America. She's PM1 certified nutritionist. Uh, she loves helping people with their relationship with food and kind of feeling strong. And uh, if you do follow Vicky, I would. Uh, if you don't follow Vicky, I'd recommend doing it. I will tag her in the notes. Uh, Vicky, I love your message, particularly on kind of body image. And we're going to talk about something exciting that happened recently for you. Uh, so, Vicky, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you. That's was- a lot of really nice things that were said. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, so, Vicky, for people who don't know anything about yourself, I'd be surprised if they don't. Uh, can you just explain a little bit about yourself, your history, your background, and how you got into fitness? Yeah, so um, basically I've been in the industry now for just over two years. Um, I grew up, like you said, uh, playing tennis at quite a high level, um, and found when I got to the age of 15 that um, I wanted to, you know, up my game and improve a little bit more. So for transition year in school, so the year that basically you don't really do much, um, I had the opportunity to go over to uh, a tennis academy in Florida um, and train over there and study over there, which was an absolute amazing experience. Um, I had the time of my life. I met the most amazing people from all over the world. Um, definitely improved my tennis game and, and I had the goal of, you know, going to college in the States um, and was hoping to live there for the rest of my life. Um, however, in my second year um, of being at the, the boarding school, I um, became very unwell. I developed an eating disorder. Um, a lot of pressures were going on with, you know, very intense training. Um, I had a coach at the time who you know, did me a world of good with, in terms of training and playing tennis. Um, however, mentally kind of, I struggled with, um, the, the coach student kind of relationship. It was very, um, tough and I became very isolated and I wasn't, you know, allowed to really hang out with a lot of people and being, you know, 15, 16 years old, you're kind of, uh, vulnerable to, to, you know, anyone that, promises you that you're going to be better um in your sport so um that kind of resulted I think in you know me becoming extremely underweight um I felt food was the only thing that I could control um I couldn't control you know my social life I couldn't control how many hours I trained a day um but I could control what I ate um and it kind of spiraled out of control um I became obsessed with uh, weighing myself every single day I would wake up in the middle of the night hop on the scales if I woke up the following morning six hours later and I was heavier I was disheartened and um, I got to this point where I wouldn't eat in the school cafeteria anymore because I was afraid of how they cooked the food so I actually bought myself like a slow cooker which we weren't allowed to have but I put it in my room um, and cooked my own food which again we were not allowed to do but it was almost like nothing was stopping me from 
you know, having that control over food. I, I had, when I initially moved there, gained a good bit of weight um, and found, you know, which is quite surprising because you think playing tennis at a high level, like that wouldn't have happened. Um, but it did. And I kind of then one day went, you know, I'm not going to be at this weight anymore. So I started this, you know, healthy eating regime and like making sure I was doing like a bit of extra, you know, training after training, which was six hours a day of tennis. Um, and then I would go maybe for a 5k run in the evenings. So it kind of increased a little bit more as the few months went on, but, um, I drastically dropped weight. Uh, I wasn't near, I was still eating, but I wasn't near eating enough of what was the lowest you're at? The lowest I got to, which was not while I was in the States, I ended up coming home for Christmas um, that year in when I was 16. Um, the lowest I was, which was around Christmas time, January 2016, uh, I was 47 kgs. Um, and I'm five, eight and a half. Which yeah, is... you're quite tall. Uh, so that's very, very light. On. Yeah, that's, that's frightening. Yeah. Um, and like... What kind of, what was the kind of the, the dropping point, the turning point for you that made you kind of realise I actually need to do something about this? Yeah, um, like I definitely think coming home at Christmas time, I hadn't seen people for six months um, since I was home during the summer. And at first I didn't really understand why, but people's reaction to when they saw me was shocked. Like they were so, the most awkward I got the most awkward response ever from people just of me being home and I was really confused and I like remember saying to my mum you know why are they like not speaking to me why are they not talking to me and she didn't tell me at the time but like months and months on I kind of went whoa it was because I looked like how I looked which was just malnourished um I I you know I had so much body hair because my my uh, skin was trying to protect me because I was so cold um, my heart rate was like 35 uh, beats wow. per minute which is like extremely yeah. low my hair was falling out um, I was yeah cold all the time um, my clothes were really baggy and it's almost like really weird and hard to explain because I actually didn't want it I hated all of that and I was like this doesn't do me any good and I knew it was wrong but I kind of look at it as an addiction and I then somewhat liked the feeling of being small and again having that control over what I ate. And when you so at the lowest point like how much food were you eating a day at your lowest point? I remember I started to track my food and I was on average 600 calories a day which at this moment in time where I'm at I'm like that's I have a meal that's more than that. Like yeah. it's just crazy. And to think that I would cry over putting an extra piece of broccoli on my plate. And it was just, I think back to the thoughts that I had and I actually kept a diary at the time and I have never told anyone this, but I, the odd time will read back and I actually sometimes have to close it because I can't even, it makes me so upset the fact that I felt that way. Um, and yeah. And, and again, it's, it's, I, it wasn't down to food. It's not about food. It's about control. And I was at a very, like I said, vulnerable part of my life that anyone or anything could creep in and, and take over. 
That's scary. Thank you for like being so honest because I know when we, before we went on air, I I'd written it down the questions and stuff like that, but I wasn't sure if you wanted to openly talk about it because I know the story you've told the, some of the story to some of us. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if you wanted to uh, explain it. Like, if you were to kind of look back, what would be the one thing that would be the thing that you would change from your mindset from being at that age? Wow, if I could just tell myself, like, <laughs> carbs don't make you fat. Like, <laughs> if I could tell myself, like, it's okay to add oil. Like, I used to freak out if something had oil on it. And now I, like, cook oil like there's no tomorrow. And, like, just that as well, I used to think that I could gain all the body fat that I lost back in one night and it's like these crazy thoughts enter my mind that I just kind of want to go back and shake myself and go wake up um but I do then also think if I hadn't made those mistakes if I hadn't got to where I'd got to I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today which for me is like the in a way the worst but also the best thing that ever happened because I mean, the struggles around food is so common, especially amongst women. Um, and for me to be able to kind of have had that experience and pass my experience on to someone else and say, look, I've been there. I understand where you're, where you're at, where your mindset is um, and, and how I can help them, you know, get out of that mindset. That to me is, you know, a, a huge win and, and why I, I do what I do. But it took a lot of trust and educating myself to get there. Um, and I was, it was looked at like by doctors and psychologists and stuff that the route that I was going in terms of my job was a really bad idea. It was going to feed my disorder. And I, I understand the reason behind that and why it's not a good idea. Because again, my life is going to be revolving around nutrition and training and, you know, it makes sense. But for me, once I was, I, I knew with myself, I'm a very determined person. Once I was shown, you know, the science or the evidence behind something, I believed it and I trusted it. And I had to put my trust in other people along the way, which uh, like other coaches and other mentors and stuff, which was scary at first, but it definitely helped. It, it takes putting your trust in, in other things um, to kind of get by with that, but it's certainly been the best thing. Oh, well, like you've you've said there about putting your trust in other people like where you did you have a, a very close support group I did um like my parents were the most amazing um out of you know and I and I was living away and I was living by myself and we've had conversations where my parents have gone you know they felt guilty that I went off to America by myself and at a really young age and like as well I need to remind them that I also had the best year of my life yeah and I also had the worst year of my life so I was there two years one year was great the second year not so great but um they've only been incredible and like at times you know my parents will say things and trying to protect me and I'll get a little bit frustrated like I'm like just leave me be like let me do my own thing and there's obviously that worry because when I did my own thing I got myself into a sticky situation but um no they've only just been incredible I have you know, I have a number of friends that I can probably count on one hand that have been there for me and stayed there for me. Um, but I, and I, it used to again make me really upset how many people I feel like I've lost. Um, but I also don't think I would change that because I'm at a different point in my life 
now and looking back I understand the awkwardness of having to be around someone who has any mental issues it's very difficult for other people and at the time I was in under the mindset of I don't care you know I'm sick like why doesn't if, if I broke my leg or if you know I wasn't able to get out of bed someone would you know always be there for me whereas a mental illness is quite different I think because people can't see it now obviously I was extremely underweight so people could see that but it's almost like anything around food I think I don't think a lot of people take seriously enough no and I'm also surprised how prevalent it is Mm. like I predominantly like like yourself I predominantly train females yeah and I'm not saying it's only a female thing like Mm -hmm. I've had one male that's had the issue as well and still suffers with it a lot of males actually do there was two I met at my time in hospital that were teenage boys which is crazy but like you like I think people probably have thought in the past that they kind of think of like the Kate Moss thing of being like you need to be that that skinny yeah. now it's kind of now it's gone the other way of kind of you need to have thick legs and the big bum and it's the yeah. world of extremes and stuff like that and I can see where people are coming from that it is a world of extremes and why people are a little bit concerned about you going into the industry like what was like what made you become a PT was it kind of like the fact that you were able to have the relatability or was it the fact that you were like just wants to help people and wants to be fit yourself I Definitely loved the idea of sports and nutrition and I think I really always have loved that and found it interesting. But the time that, so when I came, had to come home from the States, I ended up going into hospital for 14 weeks. Um, And that was not something I would want to do again. However, I did meet lovely young people and... um, some really nice and kind-hearted nurses as well um but I had exercise taken away from me which was of course needed at the time um but I was also told by doctors and dietitians that I would not be able to exercise for a year after I left hospital which personally even still I don't see why um, do you mean any like resistance training or weight training or do you mean any cardio at all anything like even walking walking I was allowed out for my first walk after like nine weeks ten weeks I'm gonna say of being in hospital yeah that's and I remember actually I was told once I had to sit down because I was standing up for too long which was wasting too much energy crazy like crazy and I again I see where they're coming from in a sense but wow it's very uh that's another extreme it's another extreme exactly and yeah I was told there'd be no way I was to exercise for until I got my discharge date of 14 weeks later which was April the 29th I'm looking at my tattoo I've always wondered what the tattoo means (laughs) um because I forget the date yeah I basically got a tattoo of the date that I left hospital um but um yeah I was told so April 29th 2017 would be the first day I'd be like back to exercise and like that was like I was a qualified trainer by then so it's crazy to think and I'm so I didn't take their advice, basically. That's the the 
part of the story but um I again it's different it's different for everyone I know some people would have taken advantage of going back to exercise and just gone completely back to square one so I, I do see the caution behind it but I knew myself that it's it's very difficult to tell someone who's been a tennis player since they were eight or nine years old that you can't exercise and when you went back exercising did you go out going how or did you go like the two or three days that we kind of recommend <laughs> no I, I honestly um there were don't get me wrong again I look at this as an addiction I wanted to um but I made a promise to myself that I wouldn't and again it didn't happen overnight it wasn't easy um I did have nights in hospital where I remember I just wanted to go into the bathroom and just do a minute 60 second plank hold I I, I honestly can't even explain why because again I'm not in that mindset anymore but it was just like can I just feel the feeling of exercise just just once so I mean saying that out loud I'm like that doesn't make any sense and I know that there was no difference going to be made or anything like but it's just it it gave me that um we all know like getting endorphins after exercise that to me is a great feeling obviously but it was almost like I, I hadn't had that feeling for so long that I craved it so much more so when I came out of hospital um I went away that summer to the States and I went back training and I was actually very lucky. I um, got to, I found a gym. It was actually a boxing gym and the owner of the gym was um, uh, in her thirties, absolutely stunning, amazing lady um, called Kelly uh, Jaco and her husband, her and her husband owned the gym. And I remember talking to her and I just, admired her so much I could literally just like look at her and just be she was pure muscle absolutely gorgeous blonde hair tanned and I was like how does she get like that and like again I was still skinny when I came out of hospital like I had gained well god maybe six kgs in hospital so not even that much I was still I was still considered underweight but I had to leave hospital um and I remember just looking at her and being like wow how does how do I get like that like what and I remember her telling me like I, w- I showed her my tracking of my food and she was like, you need to eat more. And I was like, really? And she was like, yes. She was like, and, and was telling me, and again, it's different for each person, but she was telling me how much she ate and how much she enjoyed life. And she actually had been a competitive swimmer in college and had gone through the exact same thing. So I really related to her and, and I do think she played a huge role in me kind of. So I came home that summer and I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm motivated now to turn this around. So... I got in contact with um, a personal trainer um, based up in Sandyford, really near me. Um, his name is Sonny. And uh, I started training with him. Basically discussed all my, you know, my history, etc. And again, he played a huge role in teaching me that having a social life is okay. And he was very along the lines of you train, you eat, but you also enjoy yourself. And that to me was a huge, huge help. Um, and it was, I still, of course, needed to gain weight. It was a slow enough process. I mean, gaining weight takes a long time if you want to do it correctly. Um, and I, yeah, I trained with him for 18 months, maybe. 
um, which was a huge, huge help. And, and I got my uh, personal training qualification in within that time. So, yeah. That's awesome. Um, and do you kind of miss the world of competitive tennis? I know you kind of knock about it a little bit, but do you miss it at all? I do. Um, I Would wish you I ever could... go back? Competitively, no. Um, join a club and kind of do the summer leagues and stuff yeah I would love to do that again it's down to time um, and I mean I love lifting weights and I find I train four days a week and any more than that I don't know it's tough when the, the errors that Vicky exactly, and I work Vicky yeah. and I are on the same schedule and it's uh, up at before 5am in the morning and then home after 9pm yeah so it's yeah if I could find the time and the energy that would be amazing but uh by the time you know it gets to the end of the week, as I'm sure you feel the same, it's like you're you're pretty beat and you got to do it all again. Yeah, no, we like we both love our jobs. Oh, but, uh, great. some sometimes yeah. it, it is kind of like you you have to realize that you are human as well, mm-hmm. and you're no good to anyone if you're like we were both kind of like we need the caffeine. Yeah, <laughs> before exactly. we came on, um, like you kind of try to you you have a lot of like kind of new people to the gym, and I'd be the same. Have you got kind of any advice for someone who's completely new to the world of fitness or even stepping foot into the gym for the very first time? Any advice for those guys? Yeah, um, go in with a plan. Um, I made a mistake myself. I'd go in and I didn't have anything on paper, didn't know what I was going to do in the gym. I think we've all done that. Yeah, and I'd freak out and just say, right, the treadmill's the easy. I know how to walk. That's <laughs> that's what I'm going to do. I know how to run. I'm just going to go in the treadmill. So go in with having a plan, definitely. Um, know that no one's looking at you. No one actually cares because I get, like, majority of the inquiries I get from, especially women, is, like, I've never stepped foot in the weights area and I am terrified of it. Yeah. Um, and they're worried that people are looking at them and judging them and it's just not the case. And Sorry. Yeah. No, it's completely the opposite. I, I literally had a conversation with a female who literally had been putting off the gym for probably about six, seven months and just was like, just couldn't bear herself to, and she was like, she still has to come in. She wants the early sessions. Mm-hmm. So like there won't be that many people there. She's still struggling with that side of things and we just have to go slowly slowly mm. but it, it, it's very I, I know myself when I first started I was like people are always going to be watching yeah. but it's actually the complete opposite if complete you op- like, if anyone's watching the PT's train yeah exactly exactly and even still sometimes if I'm to go to a new gym like I was away recently uh, in Greece and I went to a new gym obviously that I'd never been to before and I was scared I had that in Birmingham because I was the the place where AJ Morris and stuff, yeah, all the big yeah, massive yeah. bodybuilders. I went with Carl and Carl was like, like Shane, like calm down. I was like, I'm completely like, it was it's easy. crazy. And like, yeah, like we teach people like, so again, I think I look at that as a positive thing that it is. And I actually put up a post recently about it. It helped me put myself in the new clients yeah. shoes because or the beginner's shoes, because sometimes it can get a little bit easy to um, be, you know, saying to a client like oh don't worry it'll be fine and and they're terrified and they're trying to like trust you on it but like that was a whole refresh for me being like wow I I don't know why and I remember my mom I actually brought my mom with me and she never trains when we're away on holidays she was like happy out like and she like hers the reason she doesn't train while she's away is because she's lazy but she can but her she was like 
are you okay? Like, are you nervous? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a little bit nervous. I feel like people are looking at me. And she's like, just do your own thing. And then for my mum, who's like not a trainer, she does her own training, but for her to just be like happy to just go and do her own thing, I was like, okay, Vicky, come on. Like, you have to do your own thing. So, yeah, it's, it's, we as trainers can still kind of get that. Yeah, feeling. it's it's. I think sometimes it's very easy for the the kind of the new stars to say or to after we say, "Oh, don't worry, nobody's watching you," and for them, like, yeah, that's because you work in a gym. Yes, yes. But yes. for what you just said is like, it will resonate with them. But then, yeah, it's it's just one of those things. No one is definitely watching, and if anything, there's almost a community. Like you were talking earlier about, like mm. you talk to other members in the gym you're in, up oh, and roll and stuff. Yeah, and, it's like majority of people that I'm friends with now are from the gym that I train yeah. in and that's something that I love and I would love to create one day myself and it's it's hard to like I've been in other gyms where there's none of that and it's a bit it kind of just the environment's not environment is key when you're training in a gym and if people are gonna you know I don't know if I say this but if people are gonna be assholes then you can curse all the, <laughs> good we had a previous guest called Orla who you know yes yeah, that's <laughs> um but like yeah people can be find a gym that you are you know you could see and again like you may have to go to it for a few sessions to realize that the first time I went to Raw which was not even two years ago I walked in at three o'clock in the afternoon so it was dead quiet I picked up a dumbbell I think and I went in, I joined there without even looking at the gym. So I picked up a dumbbell. I freaked out. There was maybe like four other people there. And I was like, but they were all boys. And I was, and like, this is a personal trainer. So I was just qualified and picked up a dumbbell, maybe like warmed up and went, okay, fuck this. I'm out of here. I'm scared. And I left. I, I told the guy at the desk that I had a family emergency. So I had to leave. So like, but I went back again and I went back again and I had my program and I looked at the machines and I somewhat knew what I was doing and to be honest like it's like my home like I'm there four days a week and I'm friends with pretty much everyone there I, I spend about two or three hours there not training talking um I can't tell I talk a lot so never guessed yeah <laughs> but yeah it's like give it give it a chance um and like yeah don't don't like stop if you if you get one little scare like try your best to just keep stick going. at it yeah keep it going as i used to say exactly yes uh so like you mentioned sunny you also work with paddy now from triage yes i've also worked with paddy uh great what, coach awesome coach lovely guy um have you like what are the main benefits you see or that you found personally from working with a coach well with the likes of working with Paddy, who I've been working with now for, I think this week, actually, two years. So it's definitely worth your while. And again, going back to people who are new to the gym, I would, and again, people would say, oh, you're biased because you're a personal trainer, but I do think it's worth their while and worth an inve their investment in getting a personal trainer. Someone to show you how to do the exercises, someone to be with you, to guide you through the gym, um, to make you more like calm and reassured um, and then like again and I, I have to remind a lot of the girls that I have that like this is new to you like you've never done this before because again the girls that I have can be so hard on themselves like why am I getting this why can't I do this and 
it's like one you didn't come on come into this because you absolutely love and have a passion for exercise yeah two it's completely new to you most of them didn't even play a sport when they were younger um and like having a coach or having a mentor and to be honest I look at uh, Paddy as both a coach and a mentor um there's someone there to help guide you along the way you're you're a team it's not someone to tell you what to do in a sense it's someone to help you with strategies and tips on how to get to where you want to get to and it's okay to not be able to do that alone like I would put my hands up and say I, I can't do that alone like and people think you have a, a trainer but you are a trainer and I'm like yeah but like as much as I can program for someone and help someone with their nutrition Jesus I'd hate to know what program I'd give myself like probably like the, of course, the easiest one the well or the hardest one and I'd run myself into the ground and yeah. have no idea why I'd you know be not able to walk after training legs like that shouldn't happen but with giving feedback to someone who can like there are so many things that I feel okay I know this but I'm gonna run this by Paddy to see what his opinion is and he'll come back and he'll be very reassuring or he'll tell me no to be honest I would do it this way and I respect that a lot and I honestly don't one I certainly would not be in terms of my training where I am now two years later and like I look back at my old check-ins and it's like whoa like the the things that I used to like be worried about or stressed about or or panicked about it's like god it's not even like on my mind anymore like there's a saying it's like is it going to matter in five years if not then like forget about it it's two years later and like I can't even think of like why I was so stressed about things but he had has a lot of patience and he comes back and he says no you're on the right track you're doing the right thing and to me that has made me a better trainer in terms of what I do in the gym uh, better with my nutrition and social life and then as well a better coach because I pass on to the people that I coach what he's passed on to me which is very important it's funny though that you mentioned the impatience thing that even us as coaches we get I think we not that we get more frustrated I think we can get pretty hard on ourselves because we know the tools to do it yeah and when you put the tools in play you're kind of like this should be going a little bit further down the line yeah have you got any tips for for people who struggle with kind of like on give up kind of going from fad diet to fad diet or diet to diet or kind of stick going to a program for like six weeks and then kind of like oh this isn't working yeah um like it is finding someone that you trust, someone who has, a, like, um, what's the word? Like a, Empathy. Yes. Um, someone, like, that you have that bond with, like, that you can, again, trust. Like, trust is so, so important when looking for a trainer or looking for a coach. Um, like, and a lot of people will, you, you know yourself, you get that, generic email of I'm just looking for a trainer and okay they may not understand that but every trainer is different and it's about what trainer so is right for you so I actually have kind of learned to say to people now if they inquire or something let's meet for a chat to see if we're a good fit and because we could meet for a chat and 
I'm, I'm not the right fit for them. And at first, I remember talking to my dad about this. He's, he's kind of like my business advisor. Like business my, advisor. Yeah. But uh, he was saying, like, you might not be the right fit for someone. And that's okay. And I was kind of like, no, it's not. I need to be the right fit for everyone. I need to be the right trainer for everyone. He was like, why? Then you've got too many tools in your toolbox and you're trying to juggle too many things. And then I kind of went, okay, I get it now. Like maybe I work best with women who are in their twenties and thirties who want to have a social life, also get strong in the gym um, and reach their goals. That is kind of what I've leaned towards. And it's not to say I don't train anyone outside of that, but majority of people that I train are that group. And, and it's weird since I've kind of been under that mindset, majority of the inquiries I've gotten are from young females in their 20s and 30s who have been trying like that all different diets and are stuck, have feared the weights area for years, never gone into it and want to get strong and, and lift heavy and learn how to train. So I think it's, yeah, it's, it's about kind of setting yourself some you know a niche and and working with that it is it's kind of funny though because when i first started i was like i'm gonna train guys or whatever but then i think i got my niche seems to be kind of like yourself with mm. females but mainly brides yeah and i never thought in my right mind and like yeah it's crazy you learn a lot uh like amy you know amy yes. quite well great amy, girl amy is awesome uh and amy like kind of opened up that avenue a lot with the brides because Bre- amy's transformation amy worked with me for about six months face to face uh she was on hand she was at the, she was still at social life i was gonna say it the face. i knew so yeah amy amy was awesome uh, i hope she doesn't mind me talking about her too much on this um but like her her transformation in that in the kind of the six months has like has opened up a completely different avenue for me uh with kind of the that kind of niche uh, i do enjoy training females uh a lot i've learned an awful lot about how their whole psyches work how and we are so complex it's and everyone's so different yes i have there was one week in our place that i had 10 girls on the same cycle and uh, that was a beautiful week uh, it's the energy though yeah you've ever heard that like you could be like roommates will have the same cycle because yeah. they live together i don't even know but, how much i believe but it's yeah it's uh it, it's scary it's uh it's it's frightening um one thing that's out there a lot is the kind of the good food feed bad food stigma did you did you struggle with that for when you kind of had your ailments yes or your illness definitely started? i to be honest i resulted in in being anorexic but a lot of my mindset and how I got there was through orthorexic um thoughts which is basically like an obsession with healthiness like I ate okay I didn't eat a lot but I would only eat foods that were vegetables or protein or considered good foods um I mean Jesus I I would save photos on my phone of chocolate cake and like there's these Instagram accounts that you can follow that have like crazy desserts or cheesecakes and all this like dreaming like okay one day and I remember for my 17th birthday I went into hospital a week after that but I was planning for my 17th birthday to just have the most 
incredible like dessert like everything I could eat and like I never had it because I was too scared to because it was considered quote-unquote bad food um so I've definitely realized there is no such thing as good or bad foods there are more nutritious foods and there are less nutritious foods and that's kind of what I try to get across to clients but it doesn't mean the less nutritious foods are bad for us and we can't have them we have them in moderation and I as well try to get across to clients, you know, what are we looking for here? We're looking, you know, from your, let's say, have a look at your weekly intake. We want you to be satiated. So we don't want you to be hungry. So we need a good amount of volume, volume in your, in your diet. And mainly that's going to come from your, your protein and your veggies or or your fruit. Um, But saying that we want, you know, your diet to be something that aligns with your goals so if that means you're on a certain number let's say of calories and that causes you to be hungry okay we look at the strategy of well what are you what are you feeding yourself with and if that's really um uh, low nutritious and high calorie foods that you're not going to be full from we might change a few things around making sure that the most important thing is that your diet is adherable and that you can stick to it because there is no point in you setting yourself up for a diet that's you you can't stick to because it's just going to make you feel like a failure um and you're you're not going to get to where you want to get to and that's it's a huge kind of breakthrough for me when a client says I'm not hungry I'm hitting you know my protein and I'm, I'm my my fiber goals and I'm also having foods that I really like like I got actually got a text from a client the other day it was like like so I can actually have a chocolate bar and I was like yes like of course you can like who's to say you can't but she was so under the the mindset and under the belief of that chocolate was bad for us and that we couldn't have it so she completely and she loves chocolate and she completely restricted herself from it because she thought it was bad, and as soon as I said, okay, yeah, you could, you could, I wouldn't advise having five chocolate bars, but have one every time that you feel it, and as well, sometimes people find, you know, when they actually listen to their body, that they don't crave it, no. you know, like, it's, they kind of go, I just would have it out of boredom, and a lot of it is that, a lot of it's like tiredness, loneliness, yeah. or it's kind of just doing nothing on, say, a Sunday or whatever, you're just going to sit on the couch, you're just grazing. Exactly, and and as well, like I get people, of course, to track the food. I think it's quite important. But people go, "Whoa, I didn't realize how much I mindlessly eat," and it's like they'll be in work and like biscuits will go by, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'll just grab one." Oh, work's a killer. Exactly, and sometimes I actually want to go to the person's boss and say, "Can we like not have any of this?" And like because like it's crazy, or like have fruit instead. Like okay, and then someone will argue that they're probably going to be the same calories and fine but maybe the fruit's going to fill you up for longer I don't know but just small little changes make massive improvement yeah big time and like you mentioned earlier about kind of the social life like you're a big you're a big thing uh, most most PTs th- big things should be like most people should have a social life or all people should have a social life should I say yeah. um and that that could be going out for a few drinks that can be going out for dinner with the girls like you're doing tonight <laughs> Yep. Have you got any tips on how to kind of manage this 
uh, whether it be tracking or kind of looking up the menu beforehand or what would be your goals or what would be your tips? Um, I do think tracking your food is important, especially if you've got certain goals that you want to reach because it's kind of like, I don't know, what's that saying where like, I'm not even going to try and say it because I don't even know what it is. Um, but basically, yeah, wanting to... Do you mean the Peter Drucker quote? You can't measure what you can't track or that No, one. no. It's like shooting in the dark or something? Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, Where like you can't see, so you're just kind of guessing. You can't see a target, you can't hit. Or can't hit a target, you no, can't No, no. But right. it's like that, it's like that. Um, but, God, this is going to annoy me now because I can't remember it. Um, but I do think tracking is important, especially for beginners who have got a goal to reach. Um, however, I don't expect anyone to measure out their food. Um, it's not needed. If they like, maybe measure out, you know, your fats or something that we tend to go over on a little bit so like let's say peanut butter 16 grams of peanut butter is like not that much peanut butter and that's considered a tablespoon but you can also fit a lot of peanut butter on a tablespoon so if you say to someone a tablespoon of peanut butter they can go that can go a long way but if you say to someone 16 grams they kind of go okay now i know what a tablespoon looks like therefore that's my serving size or does that make sense yeah that makes sense like um so i would say that to people sometimes like okay once measure out what 16 grams or a typical tablespoon of peanut butter looks like so that you have that idea that it's not how much can I fit on a tablespoon so I do think that helps and I also quite like again it depends on the person but um and it's, it's something I use myself is okay I know I'm going out for dinner on Friday night um I want to enjoy myself and I want to have food that I'm actually going to like so I'm going to pull back slightly, not hugely, maybe by like 100. Again, it depends how much calories you've got to play around with. 100, 200 calories on the Wednesday and the Thursday leading up to the night I go out. Then I've kind of banked or saved, I suppose, 400 calories, let's just say, make the maths easy for the Friday evening. So I can, you know, have that little bit more food, enjoy time with my friends and family um, and still reach my goals. The the part where it gets you have to be cautious of I think is your typical kind of Monday to Friday eating quote-unquote good which means under eating to uh, or which translates to under eating from a lot of people um, and then Saturday and Sunday completely going off the rails so that's where it kind of has to be uh, cautious because some people will think that I'm saying that you need to not eat Monday to Friday and then but that just gets into this vicious cycle that is just very difficult and hard to get out of yeah it's kind of like Monday to Friday kind of salads for lunch salads for dinner or whatever it is I know I fell into that when I was working I'd be like yeah Monday to Thursday would be all good and then Friday would be like pints with the lads and then yeah. like it would be a holy shit show after that yeah so setting yourself up for success so whether that is you know getting out for an extra 30 minute walk the day that you're going out for drinks or banking you know one to 200 calories um a couple of days leading up to it provided that it doesn't make you really hungry or restrict exactly so yeah little strategies again I kind of um judge it on the client that I have and their relationship with food um and then also what their goal is like and, and as well a lot of the time I will 
hear from people that they want their results tomorrow. And don't get me wrong, I'm the most impatient person I have ever met, not that I've met myself, but like I am terribly impatient and I want my own results tomorrow. But I've really realized, especially the fact that my goal has been over the past couple of years to gain weight, how long that takes, like to do it again, like correctly and like not completely just like yeah. gain like as much as I can in as little time as possible. It takes a long time. And so that's something I get across people or try to at least and just play the long game. It's more sustainable and you're actually going to stick to it. Would you rather like get to where you want to get to tomorrow, but it only lasts till next week? And I think we all yeah. agree that. Yeah, it's like when Vicky and I did a photo shoot in November. Yes. Sorry, yeah, November. November. And I did like a crash diet for that and I felt fucking awful. Uh, and that wasn't sustainable. I looked very, very unwell. Um, I look back at those photos. Some of them are fine. But well, you felt like shit as well. I felt awful. I was a horror to be around. And I felt sorry for the, the PTs that I worked with. And I felt sorry for my clients. Yeah, I felt sorry for myself. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But like... But like that, what they weren't sustainable. And like, no. And like, again, like... My, like, approach to it with the guidance of Paddy was like a lot more, I think, reasonable. Like I, I never went hungry once. Yeah. And I had a, like normal levels of energy. And like, that's not to say that you did it wrong like I think I definitely think you learned a lot from that and like we all make you know mistakes and what's important is that we learn from them but um it can be done my point is it can be done a lot more sustainably that oh, well, you're I'm not gonna... I didn't give myself enough time and that was the biggest thing I look back at I only gave myself 10 weeks yeah I would have given kind of 16 to 18 weeks if I was to do it again which yeah um... which is playing the long game yeah exactly yeah. as you said uh, Vicky is the queen of going away on holiday. <laughs> Thank you. That is what I'm known for. Uh, I'm not a personal you, where, trainer. Where were you last weekend? Uh, I was in Austria visiting a friend for two nights. That's a trip. There's a difference between a holiday and a trip. A holiday is longer than a week. <laughs> yes, I did get on. I got on two planes. But uh, a holiday, I will make this a fact, is seven days or longer. A trip is like a weekend. Trust me. I've defined that in the dictionary. Have you? Yes. Okay. So, have you got tips for staying on track while you're away? Because that is. So I was a... wondering where this was leading on to. <laughs> I was like... That was just one of those random things I was going to say. Uh, no, because that that's kind of coming up now. A lot of people are kind of going on like little city like city breaks. They're kind of going to like Spain or kind of week away or around for like that. Uh, and a lot of people kind of freak out. They say they've been kind of the goal. The big the goal has been to get ready for the holiday. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of freak out. Oh, and I put on like two kilos. Yes. Right away. How do you deal with that? Were you of... listening to me and my client's conversation yesterday? No. <laughs> uh, I no. had this yesterday with a client as well. Yeah. So, um, okay. I am under the mindset of it depends how long you're going away for. If it's a trip, which equals two, three days, I definitely, and like, let's say you're going to a city. Um, that's your opportunity. Okay. If you don't want to train, try get your training in before you go away. So at least you've got your three or four days or whatever it is. Try get that in before. Um, so that's ticked off for the week. Um, 
if needed, maybe do get in 20 to 30 minutes um, of steady state cardio after your training to build up steps. But going to a city is your opportunity to get your steps up. Yeah, big time. So movement is key. A lot of the time, people go on holidays and they'll not do anything. They'll not move, which is fine. But they'll also eat whatever they want and how much of it that they want, which, again, if they're okay with that, that's fine. But a lot of the time they'll come back having maybe gained a little bit of weight, which most of the time is going to be water weight, but they'll get really upset by it. Could there have been some tactics that you put into play to prevent that? Yes. Keeping active. I... I do you recommend people train while they're away, let's say, for like a week's holiday? Like if you can find a gym and get your training in, amazing. If you don't want to do that, if someone tells me they really don't want to do that, okay, I'm not going to make them do that. But yeah, so city breaks, I would say try to get your training in beforehand. Uh, try keep very active as much as you can. And then I'm a huge foodie, as you know, so enjoy your food. Like it's like I was in Rome a few months ago and we... I was getting like 20 to 25,000 steps a day and I ate whatever I wanted. I ate how much fit that I wanted, which I've gotten a lot better at kind of intuitively asking myself kind of, am I hungry? Am I not? Am I full? Uh, Listening to my body. And like a lot of the time we were, we did have our fair share of alcohol in the evenings as well, but um, we actually didn't feel like having breakfast, which is another thing that again people go oh my god you're skipping breakfast but we didn't feel like it so I was more than happy to kind of save my my indulgence or whatever for maybe pizza for lunch a glass of wine at lunch uh, an ice cream after and then maybe some pasta for dinner or and a few drinks after like I think as well like we're under the mindset we need to have three meals a day and two snacks like it's it's sometimes we don't have to follow this rule book that was made up like years and years ago and so I mean if it's a case of again provided that it doesn't cause like that need to binge or something okay maybe not having breakfast and having a bigger meal at lunchtime if you want to kind of save your food or something I do as well kind of recommend people do if they're going away for like a week to 10 days or whatever is pick one meal of your day provided it's not going way overboard that is a meal that you wouldn't usually have. So it's generally going to be maybe a little bit more tastier, a little bit more higher in calories. Use that as one meal rather than three meals throughout the day. Because again, I've made the mistake myself in having, you know, three meals of like everything. Like there's a breakfast buffet in the hotel. You want to grab all donuts, pastries, all of this. And then lunch comes and, you know, you get your pizza and your drink and then dinner comes and it's like, I haven't seen a vegetable for the whole day. Like, so I definitely think, you know, you could pick one meal that is your kind of indulgent meal, provided again, that it doesn't go way overboard um, and enjoy yourself. Like it's, it's a holiday. Like that's what it's there for. Chill out a bit, eat and drink what you want, how much you want. Yeah, if you prefer, or if you feel better factoring in, you know, extra activity um, or getting training sessions, and if that will make you feel better, go for it. If not, don't, provided that you can't come back and complain. Yeah, 
big time. And I think like I know when I'm kind of on those kind of city breaks and stuff, you're walking around like a lunatic, and you're like, you're you're so tired, and you need to get like big meals into you to kind of yeah. fuel it. Well, that's the thing. Like you've got twenty five thousand steps on it. You're like you'd normally probably walk about twelve, thirteen a day. I'd say. Yeah. You're probably doing that, double. It's crazy though. Like I like it as a little test for myself, and so I can tell clients like to show them, but. I will weigh myself, let's say, before I go away. This happened on pretty much all the holidays that I've gone on. I'll weigh myself before I go away. I'll go away, whether it's two-day trip or a week to 10 days holiday. I'll come back and I'm actually lighter on the scales, which is really weird and people don't expect that. But it's activity is generally going to be higher. I'm still keeping my training because I actually really enjoy training on, on holidays. It kind of lets me you know, enjoy my training a little bit more because I'm not in a rush and I can take my time. And I get to explore a new gym, even though I know I said it's a little bit nerve-wracking, but again, that's get a to it. That's a trail, exactly. Um, but yeah, the, all the trips that I've gone on this year where I've kind of ate whatever I wanted, I've been down on weight when I come back. And it's like, okay, you don't have to gain weight when you go away. And it's such a thing that people think that they're going to do. Yeah. And it's like, you may be surprised like at Christmas people almost see it as a challenge exactly it's like it's like it's a must and it's like no don't think of it like that like enjoy yourself make memories um and come back and and get straight back into it yeah big time um I know you are short for time so I'm gonna ask no I was gonna say geez I've been talking forever a couple more (laughs) questions like you mentioned the scales at the beginning and you mentioned scales just there people have like this love-hate relationship with the scales mm-hmm. and it's so topical in the mi- at the minute people trying to get away from the mindset of weighing themselves every day yeah have you got people have you got advice for people who may have who may be a little bit obsessed with the scale so we say yeah um I've been there and again like something that I didn't really get across at the start was my goal was never to be underweight or to be skinny uh, I wanted to initially lose a little bit of weight and then I would got obsessed with weighing myself and if my weight stayed the same I'd actually be okay if it dropped I would get a little bit concerned if I gained weight I get disheartened that I've failed so it's it's a weird way to think like it's almost like what were you what, what would have made you happy to stay the same and that is something that is crazy but I just wanted to stay the same but sorry going back to what your question was that doesn't really have anything to do with it but um yeah, the scales, it's a measure of progress, but it's not the only measure. So if it drives you insane, get rid of it. Why are you doing it? Why are you weighing? Like, why well, are you like if, if the scale makes you miserable, like, it, just exactly. take photos. Exactly, take measurements. There's so many other ways to measure your progress. Um, I think the biggest thing that I come across as a trainer is people like oh I uh, it's like almost I'll be happy when I get to 68 kilos and you're like where did that number come from why are you resonating with that number I think you're listening again to the same conversation I was having with my client because I was saying to her I'm not gonna mention her name but she's a lovely girl but um she's saying yeah it's just my legs like I just want them to be just this much smaller and I said like okay but, like, are you going to be happy when there's that much smaller? And she was kind of like, um. And I was like, no, because you're going to want them to be another bit smaller. And that's, again, so this reverts back to 
when I would drop weight, I would be like, okay, I just want to stay this. And then I'd drop another bit of weight and be like, okay, now I just want to stay this. And then drop more weight and be like, no, actually this feels pretty good. So it's like, you're never satisfied. Like, and it goes the opposite way with building muscle and getting more, I hate the word, but toned. Like you always, I always think, and again, sometimes I have to like sat myself out of it, but I'm like, could I look more muscular? Yes. Like, I'm not happy with, I'm sorry, I'm a lot happier with how I look now, but I'm always like, okay, no, I want to prove myself more. Like, we're never really satisfied 100% with how we look. I do think there's a positive side to that, that it strives us to keep reaching our goals and keep pushing a little bit further. But then we also need to be careful that it doesn't go too far and that, like, that we restrict our, you know, food or we completely like don't have a social life so we need to be careful and and it's such a word that gets used a lot but having a balance in life and that sounds very cliche but it's so so true it's difficult though because who's to say what's a balance yeah Uh, a balance for you could be completely different to a balance for me exactly Uh, um and then vicky did something so cool recently i think it was about three weeks ago a month ago Yes, yeah, three weeks ago, I think. Uh, so Vicky did a, a kind of body image campaign for Dove uh, and featured recently fe- featured in Image magazine. And she spoke about her, the whole situation that she's spoken about today. Uh, and that's why I wanted to get Vicky on because v- Vicky's so open with her, her background and her message on social media and her message to her clients is phenomenal. And the fact that she got to put it onto like a bigger stage out in magazines and stuff like that. Like explain how it kind of came about and kind of yeah in it was very random and last minute um long story short because I will not go up on the tangents that I've been going on but I was reached out to by um an editor of Image Magazine asking um would I uh be interested in becoming a brand ambassador for um Dove uh, that they were doing a campaign, sorry, Image Magazine was doing a campaign with Dove. Um, it's basically the hashtag show us campaign and it's all about what beauty means to you and and I did the campaign amongst um, five other women who have a story behind their lives and, you know, there were coloured women, there was a lady who had cancer, there was people who, like myself, had tattoos and were kind of can be judged a lot um, by what we look like, but there's a whole other, or it's not even what we look like, it's it's our, there was, you know, our age, our job, um, and it's crazy that we're all different and we all have individual things about us that make us who we are, and we feel judged by it a lot of the time, which is... Um, kind of crazy because I think that's what makes us who we are yeah Yeah. Um, Um, and do you have kind of advice for dealing or kind of dealing with positive body image or it's so different for everyone though it's it's different for everyone yeah and if you're happy and if you're truly happy because there are sometimes people who aren't happy and they they hide it by saying they're happy but if you can ask yourself and answer honestly, am I happy with what I look like and who I am? And you can answer yes, honestly, then keep doing what you're doing. Um, but again, it's difficult because like that, when I first moved to the States, I gained 
must have been 10 kilos in a short amount of time. So I've been at both ends of the spectrum. And I remember coming home when I'd gained a lot of weight or a good bit of weight and convincing myself that I'd gained muscle. And it, like, it's crazy. Our mind like plays tricks on us. It tells, a lot of the it tells us what we want to tell us. Exactly. And I was like, no, I've definitely, it's from the tennis, even though I had been injured for like three, it's like crazy. So, um, again, that's another side that I have been on. And I've experienced being quite heavy for my height and not being happy. I was not at all happy with how I looked. Hence why I took on the challenge of reverting myself the other way, you know? So, um, it's, yeah, asking yourself honestly, and I can honestly say, am I 120% happy with how I look? No, I always think there's a little bit of improvement, but am I so much happier than I was two, three, four years ago? Yes, for sure. And it's not all about looks. Like, and again, a question that we were asked in the campaign or in the interview was, you know, what does beauty mean to you in it? And beauty, a part of it is what you look like or you know a percentage of it you decide what percentage that is but it has to come from within and I've met a lot of people that I consider very attractive but they're not at all nice people and that puts me off them because I like nice people and nice people are beautiful so yeah so I went a little bit in depth there but that's basically kind of I like that though I like that whole message of like nice people are beautiful I like that yeah um, I'm, that might be the title. Yes, uh, nice people are beautiful. Um, I know, like we work in an industry that is very can be quite cutthroat. Yes. Um, and as PTs, do you kind of feel that? So, say when someone says that, like, that you're like you kind of say that you're a PT, do you feel like you kind of get like a second turn or? So that's literally when I just mentioned there that we're kind of judged because maybe it's our job or our age or something. Yeah. Um, my age, which I'm not going to say. Also, my job, though, I definitely think people judge me because of I it. felt that when I was in Phuket. Yeah. Big time. It was like, how are you? So I'm quite, what's the word? Small. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like the massive PT. I'm not the one with the six pack or anything like that. I'm just kind of like a footballer kind of build. And Vicky would be kind of athletic uh, with the shoulders. To... Right, thank you. <laughs> that makes me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's like, it's, it's, it's different strokes to different folks. You don't necessarily need to. This is one of the things that kind of James Smith talks about, like hiring a PT with abs and all this kind of stuff. A PT could have abs, but could be useless and have no empathy. Exactly. And then there could be a PT who is comfortable on their own skin who is um maybe have a little bit of fluff as they say uh, on the sides and stuff like that uh where do you kind of stand on the the whole thing about kind of how how that image works for pts i think in order to be a trainer you need to somewhat set an, an example uh, you need to be able to walk the walk but not chicken and broccoli Correct. So there is a middle ground for this. Um, like, I definitely have made sure that I've had a social life in the past six months, I'm going to say. Um, whereas before, how was I going to advise people 
or teach people how to have a social life if I didn't have one myself and still reach your goals. So I made it kind of a, a not a priority of mine, but more so as well for my own mental health, but to have a social life so I could educate others on how to do the same. And that in order to reach your goals, you don't have to just eat chicken and broccoli. Um, I'm a huge foodie. I eat, I eat out probably once a week um, and I still manage to reach my goals. Um, on along the same side or along the lines of that, I also um, I eat foods that are very high high. Uh, what's the word? Very high. Are very nutritious. That's what I'm trying to say. I eat like eighty to ninety percent of my diet is nutritious foods, fruits and vegetables, adequate amount of protein, adequate amount of carbs and fats. Like I love real food, um, and it's not because I feel I have to eat it, it's because it makes me feel really good. So that's something as well that I do believe that a trainer needs to do because they're advising other people on how to do it. However, also they need to be human and go on holidays, live a life that they enjoy and socialise with. We sometimes forget about that. That's true. And, and I've been there and I still sometimes say, oh, do I really deserve to go out this weekend well if my friend's having a barbecue and I'm going to be the only one not there because I feel I don't deserve to go that to me doesn't scream a great example yeah but like sometimes like I think it was last weekend I was just absolutely or two weekends ago I was just absolutely wrecked and just wanted to do nothing yeah that's that's nice as well that's okay yeah and yeah and then last weekend was, I had no plans at 6pm Thursday, ended up in Waterford on Friday night, ended up at Lana Del Rey on Saturday, and then ended up at the Dubs game on Sunday. Yeah. So like, it was... It's like, go with the flow, and I'm terrible at doing that. <laughs> um, I need to plan, but I'm getting better. But um, yeah, I think we're all human, and we all make mistakes, and we all have lives that we want to enjoy and want to live but you know like I'm planning to do another photo shoot so I know in the eight to ten weeks leading up to that I probably need to pull back a little bit on eating out not completely like at the last photo shoot I was again it depends what what I want to achieve and where I'm coming from and then again we play the long game so it allows me to enjoy things a little bit more and without being too restrictive. When's the next photo shoot? Planning. I haven't booked it, actually, but planning the first week of November. So it'll be like a year later. So you're going with Marty again? Yes. Marty's awesome. I'm literally looking at I'm in Vicky's kitchen right now, and the photos are everywhere. <laughs> I'm an only child, so my house is a bit it's of a shrine. It's a shrine to Vicky. Yes. Um, and like, so Vicky's mentioned she's, she's a big foodie. Yes. Um, so Which is kind of ironic. Like it's weird. Like, like it is. Yeah. Like after listening like, to the beginning. Like My favourite food when I was a kid was... Uh, uh, pickles and olives and like what like you know like if your parents are like having a dinner party or something like family friends will bring like sorry my dog is eating with that noise is interrupting <laughs> um but people will bring like jellies or chocolate to like the house for the kids um people brought me jars of sauerkraut pickles and olives because that was my taste buds yeah it's weird but um yes I'm a huge foodie uh, so, best food, best restaurant in Dublin? Jesus. Chapter one. 
it's a Michelin. So like, okay, you, you need to give me like a genre. So Vicky does, Vicky does this really cool thing with her dad. Yes. This is what me, me and my dad bond over uh, food. Um, but basically we have a list of restaurants. Uh, some have Michelin stars, which we are very fond of around the world. Um, and then some are more casual, fine dining. And then some are like really like cheap eats. So yeah, we've got a list. Must be up to sixty restaurants now that are on it. We've ticked off maybe like half of those, but some are like around the world. Like there's places that we want to visit, and we're going to South Africa in December. So that'll be a restaurant experience. That'll be awesome. The South African food is incredible. amazing, incredible, and so cheap as well. It's so cool. Um, best restaurant you have been to in the world? Yes. Nandos. Um, uh, uh, there's a chef called Nathan Outlaw. Uh, he had we went to his two star Michelin in a place called Cornwall in. Um, they were there recently. Yes, that was in February. The reason we went there was because of this restaurant. So yeah, we go to we don't go to places because of the place. We go to places because of the restaurants that they have. So that was probably that was one to remember. So what is okay? You, let's talk about your coaching. Where where will people be able to find about you and all that? Cool. So I probably my Instagram, which is very plain, Vicky Cornick, V I C K Y C O R M I C K. Um, I used to put in a lot more effort into posting content. I actually don't really anymore. I post my life, which because my name is Vicky Cornick and that's my Instagram name as well. Um, and my life is, you know, my job, training. And the dogs. The dogs, yes. There's a lot of dogs. If you like dogs, go follow me. Um, and and then I, you will definitely see me out enjoying life. Uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll tie, I'll put Vicky's details in to give her a follow as well. So what's coming up next uh, for Vicky? You have the photo shoot in November with Marty. Yes. Um, I've got a few trips. Surprise, surprise. Um, no, I'm actually fairly good for July. I'm staying in Ireland, but I'm going to Donegal. Um, and then a little trip at the end of August um, and in September. Um, I have some things planned that I, I'm i not really going to share because I do not want to share them yet. Um, but yeah, some exciting things in the next year or so that um, I am hoping to do. Awesome. Experience. Thank you so much for letting me into the house and let me get licked a lot by the dogs yes uh so thank you so much He's for coming. still eating you can probably hear it <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on vicky no thank you i really enjoyed talking and i talk forever so um you probably have to do a lot of editing but i will tag vicky in all the details um and everyone i would recommend to follow especially if you like dogs and food <laughs> and, and watching people on holidays um and training <laughs> Oh yeah, she trains too. Yeah, I train. <laughs> she trains. She swears she trains. Yes. Uh, and yeah, definitely give Vicky a follow. Thank you so much for coming on, Vic. Thank you. Thanks for having me.